How you been, Tyler? What's up, man? I haven't seen you since um, since the pandemic thing Dude, happened. It's, it's like a literal year, right? It's been actually all of 2020. Yep. And I haven't seen you since 2019. That's crazy. Well, we've seen each other virtually a lot. Yeah. Right? And this lots, is, lots I think this is our, what, like third episode? Fourth? Third or fourth. Fourth, yeah. There's just still so much to talk about, about what we're even doing right now relating to medicine. So, like... What are you doing, Tyler? What What are you up to right now? Well, l- like you, I'm yeah. applying to medical school. Yeah. Um, which is tons of fun. It definitely keeps us busy. Yeah. It is a full time job. It is. Um, you know what, what's funny was uh, I was talking to someone the other day that's uh, applying to Oxford in the UK. Yeah. Medical school, and of course they apply right out of high school. Right. 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 Um, and she was like, yeah, I spent like a whole weekend on medical school. Wow. I was like, you have to be kidding me. <laughs> a whole weekend? A whole weekend. Dang. Spent that's like a month at least at this point. That's too bad. Oh my gosh. How are you doing? I've been, I've been doing good. I've been okay. Um, it's like you have so much motivation through all your years of, of your pre-med journey, right? Like taking all these classes, taking the MCAT, doing all your extracurriculars, whatever, and crafting your story. And then when it's finally time to tell it, you're like lazy and you're tired. You're like, I don't want to do this anymore. And it's like, it, like your motivation drops. I feel like at the worst possible time for it to drop. I don't know if you felt the same way as well. Um, but it's just like a weird feeling because it's like technically the most important part of all of it, right? It's like yeah. telling your story about your experiences and, and writing about it is so important, but it's just something I don't enjoy very much and takes a lot of time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a long time, man. Yep. So in the in the whole process, it's July twelfth as we're recording this. Yep. Yep. Um, you could have submitted fourteen days ago. That was the earliest that any pre med mm-hmm. could submit, right? Submit your AMCAS primary application. Right. And so that means that you were. When were you verified? I was verified. I want to say, well, so I submitted on the June fourth or something. I can't remember yeah. the exact day I was verified, but I think it was. Like the first verification day was like a Friday. Yeah. Um, and then I was verified on the next Tuesday, I think. So right. a couple of days after that. And it's like, as soon as you get verified, which basically the, the, what ver- getting verified means is where like your AMCAS or the AAMC will read through your entire application, make sure they're, like your transcript has like, of course, like no issues or anything. And you didn't like put down A's for everything when you actually got like not an A's and not, not A's and everything and stuff like that. Um, or you, you accidentally put something down. So after that process is finished, then they submit it to... The me, like individual med schools themselves and then they send you like more questions to answer and so that I mean that's the stage we're at right now is finishing like the school specific questions and there is some overlap thankfully but sometimes there's not and so those, those schools can get annoying but yeah so the secondary applications the the essays that each individual school sends to you mm-hmm. we, when I was kind of preparing for this process people yeah. said oh no there's like a lot of overlap yeah. I started looking at these essays, and I've been surprised by how little overlap there is. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, you know, just in our North Carolina schools. Yeah. Duke. Jeez, oh, gosh. Come yeah. on. Come on, Duke. Duke. <laughs> you're, killing, you're killing me. Yeah, they do. Duke, uh, for, for those that aren't applying right now, Duke is doing, how many, is, is it nine? nine? It's nine, right? It's nine right? and one optional. Not one optional. And each one of them is like 500 words, something like that, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's incredible. It's insane. Um, a lot of people I hear, like, they say, like, write that one first because you get a lot of material out of that one. But like you said, yeah. it's, there's still not too much overlap. I've done, like, seven of them. Yeah. And there's just a couple that are just, yeah. it's so hard to put stuff down. Yeah. It's it's just so hard to, like, articulate something that's yeah. so long. It's not an event that happened in your life. These questions right. are about your whole motivation to medicine. Right. So it's... for the younger pre-meds... Think about like yeah, you know you know um, journaling. Yeah, journaling is actually a really good idea. I, see, I think journaling is one of those things that you think is like super like, I don't want to say cliche, but it's like super like uh, you, you don't you don't see the value in it in the moment. You're like oh um, I already have these experiences in my thought, but then when you put it down on paper, it's like it's just completely different because you're kind of gathering your thoughts together and thinking back on it now like. Um, I wish I had done something like that and yeah. people the thing is like the funny thing too is like people give you advice like for me for example I remember like 
my freshman year, people were giving me advice like, make sure you talk to your professors and make sure that you get close to them. And I was like, oh, cool, okay, I'll do yeah. that. And then I end up not doing it. And so all this advice that people give me, like sometimes I don't follow through with it. And journaling was one of those things. Um, and you know, standing at the process right now is one of those things I wish that you know I had done. But yeah, for everyone that's applying, definitely definitely apply or definitely journal because it helps so so much yeah absolutely i i i remember getting that uh that advice as like a freshman yeah um you know it was some pre-med conference or something yeah like keep a journal yeah i was like i mean i've got enough work like i'll remember what happened yeah and then here i am trying to write about uh in a patient encounter i had yeah i can't remember which hospital it was at or what year it was right i'm like because three after three years it's just like you 50 other clinical experiences. Yeah, like how do you remember it? Yeah, and I can't even remember where this happened. Yeah. How am I supposed to write about it if I don't even know where it happened? So exactly. So it's worth keeping a journal, probably. It, it definitely is, and um, it lets you reflect in the moment because you know, three years later, you, you don't really remember exactly what your takeaway might have been, and it, it sucks in that way. And it's like interesting because when you're applying to, like there's that big show, don't tell um, concept where like you don't want to just tell them about what you're going to do because anyone can do that. Um, yeah. But you want to like write a story about, like you said, a patient encounter and it's hard to remember those things if you didn't write them down. Um, but that's that's what I've realized too. Like it's, it's kind of like you're telling a bunch of short stories in your application, right? It's like yeah. not even necessarily, like yeah, you want to talk about what you want to do, but most of your word count gets eaten up by telling stories about your interactions with things that then demonstrate like what you what you've um what you've said and journaling helps you a lot with that because you can just pull from your i guess your journaling from before so yeah writing stories does really kill yeah. like it it gets it helps you get through essays for yeah. sure i mean i remember first looking at duke mm-hmm. and i was like 500 words like how am i gonna write 500 words about this yeah thing? like that's that's a sizable essay when yeah. you have to do eight or nine of them and uh that you know a couple hours later i'm like how do i keep this under a thousand words yeah (laughs) you know yeah like once you start telling stories that can be a really quick way to get through an essay and then you can sort of cut down and get across the message of yeah who you are and what you're trying to do exactly and like it's crazy how important it is to be a good writer not necessarily only a good writer but like a reflective writer yeah um i'm sure lots of pre-meds going through it like myself for sure and maybe even yourself like we're good at writing like reports, writing, yeah. you know, scientific, like, it's like, oh, you, you give me a prompt on something like that's not about me. I'm gonna kill it. Like I can, I can do whatever. Yeah. But then it's like, as soon as it turns on, turns into like a story about yourself, you're like, um, I don't know what I'm supposed to write about. It's just like, yeah. it's a big, big, I don't know, weakness for some people, but strength for others, right? Like some people, while their experiences might not be like, you know, crazy compared to someone else, if they can write about it and take, to explain a takeaway, like yeah. it's way more valuable than someone that just like lists their whatever more experience more I guess prestigious experience was if you can't like take away from it well yeah absolutely but that's applications man it's it's a, <laughs> it's a lot it is I think the biggest the most important thing mm-hmm. I wish I had known from this whole application yeah is to get your transcripts in oh yeah really early yeah <laughs> like I, I remember listening to a, a well-known pre-med uh, podcaster say um, something like, the first thing you need to do before you apply is get all your transcripts together. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And like, it was like June 25th. And I'm like, yeah. okay. You know, it's a couple weeks till the primary application, yeah. but that should be enough. And it wasn't. Mm. I thought it would take three days. It didn't work out like that. Mm. I made some mistakes. Yeah. Um, some, you know, with... Um, there's a lot of numbers to enter in. Exactly, right? Like you, you miss one, and then you're a week behind. And, exactly. And so now, uh, I, like, I'm not even verified yet, even yeah. though you were verified two weeks ago. Yeah, and you submitted before me. Tech, like, you turned in your application before me, yeah. but since that one thing was missing, it's just, like, pushed you back. And it's, exactly. It's like, that's, I think that's also the, the thing that people don't talk about as much as, like, those technicalities that, like, really can kill you yep. and things like that. Um, but... Oh, I'm so terrified about the verification process. Yeah. Like, I, I don't really know how it works. Yeah. And I haven't found anyone that seems to. Yeah. But, like, if I entered in one grade, like an A minus as an A or something like yeah. that, like, are they going to fix it or am I going to get it returned? 
application. Yeah, that's a good because I don't know. Yeah, sometimes they do. I, like the one return I've heard, um, like in terms of someone returning an application, is like someone studied abroad, and they only listed like their institution transcript, like their undergrad institution, yeah. um, because those credits transferred over into that transcript. Right. But since it was multiple courses, they're like, we need to see the actual transcript from your foreign institution, not just like the courses transferred in. So like. It's different, and then for me, like when I studied abroad, I took I I had one course I kind of transfer over, but like for me, there were, there were no issues, um, and so it's like, does it even like maybe it's like even dependent on who's reviewing or who's like uh, checking your transcript? Yeah. Like, no one knows, man. And I think, dude, like honestly, that is probably the most stressful part of this whole process is yes. like how many variables are in it, and like how unpredictable and like. Un- unsure you, you can be about so many different things yeah it's a machine with so many pieces yeah exactly so many pieces yeah what's killing me is like so I'm a transfer student so mm-hmm. I did half my uh, undergrad at one place and yeah. half my undergrad at another place so when the, when my class was transferred over they didn't come with course names on my transcript uh, okay. they just came with biology this biology this biology this. I actually I've actually been to three institutions including yeah. one more inside <laughs> so in uh, all the classes that I took here yeah. all had the same exact name so I had to oh. do the exact same thing three times. And so I contacted my pre-med advisor to get yeah. advice. And she's basically like, I don't know. Yeah. No one really knows how this works. And then, of course, you'd say, okay, we'll just contact the AAMC. Mm-hmm. Which, as we've come to find out, is totally impossible. Yeah, yeah. No, I, like, did I tell you about when I, I did tell you, right, when I called I've, him? I've called yeah, them dozens yeah. of Yeah, and it goes like, it's like, we, our call volume is extremely high. Please call mm-hmm. again later. And, no, because I remember I called before, like, they started the verification process, and then they, like, did a call back, and I was like, this is so cool. Like, I'm glad that they're doing this. Yeah. But then as that call volume goes up, it's like, they just can't they anymore. Didn't, they didn't offer me a call back. I had questions about my transcript, so I called the AMC. Yeah. And as you've also found out, uh, that's not as helpful as you might. Yeah. Um, wait, when I called the AMC, they basically said, you know, they put you through, if you want this, press one, if yeah. you want this, press two, yeah. you know, for a couple minutes. And then uh, you enter in your AMC ID. Yeah. Like, okay, once I get through yeah. this, I'll be sent directly to a person. <laughs> and then a call comes up and it says, sorry, our call volume is too high. Yeah, exactly. Try again later. Yeah. And I tried it, you know, 8 p.m. Yeah. I tried it at midnight. I tried it. Five in the afternoon. I've tried every time, time point. Yeah. All you get is just yeah, call and it. Later. It's like you get angry at the AMC, but you're also like, they're they're they legit are processing so many applications and yeah. have to deal with so many people that it's like, what else? What is the solution, right? Like, what could they potentially do? And you know, I I you would think like maybe they would they would add more people to call or or, or something, but. I don't know. Like it's it's such a big process in the sense like there's so many people doing it um, yeah. that it's like I feel like there are so many things that need to be improved to to fix it right and you can't again you can't blame any particular institution or yeah. any any single body but like for example secondaries and and I'm sure you you felt this too so like basically you submit all your medical school stuff right through your primary application through the AMC and they submit it to all your universities. Then the university will send you an email with their own application portal separate from your AMC login. So some, some universities have this like kind of built in like this partnership with the AMC so you can like log in um, through like a like AMC like portal so then you can just log in with your same information. But then at the same time, it still requires you to re-input a lot of stuff. And like now you have to keep track of like multiple logins and like different um, like different pick. You have to like upload yeah. like headshots and stuff and like for that as well. And so there's still like these commonalities that I feel like why can't you just implement the secondary into like the same exact portal? Yeah. You know what I mean? So like you log into your primary and you're like, oh, this school has a secondary ready. Let me just fill it out here. Um, and I don't know why it doesn't do that. And hopefully they, they might later. But Yeah. You know what there, I mean? There are several inconsistencies. Yeah. And I, I don't blame the AMC yeah, no. for, for anything. I'm, yeah. I'm sure they're working like yeah. crazy over there. Um, but like the, the verification process, mm-hmm. they're, they're basically comparing what we've entered in. This is my understanding of it anyway. Yeah. Um, it, is that they're, entered, they're checking what we've entered in with mm-hmm. our transcripts. Yeah. But we entered the stuff in by looking at our transcripts. Yeah. 
So why can't we just send the transcripts? Right. And why can't they have like a, I guess like an automatized like conversion thing, like a trans, like it converts exactly what it's reading off your transcript, like computerized into your actual grades. Right. And I think it's a future thing, right? Like it's definitely going to happen at some point. It's just when, and and this is, this is interesting too. I was talking to someone else on the podcast that was talking about like hospitals, right? Like hospitals didn't, weren't founded for efficiency, right? They were founded because people needed care. And so they, they provided care and then they're like, Oh, like people are having heart problems. Let's make a department to solve heart problems. Oh, people are having like uh, respiratory problems. Let's start a department for that. And it's like this, like, con- like you're, you're, you're making it like step by step, like based on what you need. And you're not really thinking of it as like a cohesive system. And, yeah. and you don't really have that kind of time to do that, right? Like hospitals or especially like modern hospitals. Um, and and he, he was a big like software guy. So he was talking about how like the digitization of healthcare was like, it only started in the early 2010s. Like that was when technology really got implemented into like right. hospitals, like uh, electronic patient records um, and, and how everything was, was run in, on electronics. So we're like, what, 10 years removed from that? Yeah. And it's like, because we're so early from that, fa- that phase two, we've been focusing more on like tr- trying to get things done Versus trying to get things done efficiently. Yeah. You know? And so I feel like in time, like soon, we're going to see a lot more focus on that efficiency aspect. Yeah. But I've, I've been thinking, I'm a big uh, subscriber to that school of thought that you should just sort of start with the fundamentals. Mm-hmm. You know, I wrote about this in my secondaries a lot. Yeah. I think, you know, we love to do, humans love to do this. What are, What is someone else doing? What can I model my thing after when yeah. you're building a hospital? You probably look at other hospitals. Right. You know, and, and it's like, that's obviously practical. Yeah. Um, but, you know, maybe we should be looking at things like, what's the fundamentally best way to do something? Like, mm-hmm. what's the most efficient way to give good care to as many people as possible? Mm-hmm. You know, the highest quality care to the highest number of people possible. Yeah. Um, and that's not at all what, what we do. Yeah, we we definitely just sort of add stuff on, create a new department, add another piece to the machine. Yeah, but at some point we're gonna have to like we're gonna have to make a new machine. Right. We're gonna. Ha- you can't just keep adding wheels to the buggy. You need to invent a car eventually. Exactly. You know like, what a, I mean? like a new mode. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because hospitals I think are starting to focus on this a lot. And he was also mentioning how like a lot of hospitals are now developing these like committees to do these kind of things. Like think about okay, w- what's an inconsistency that we can fix. For example, like there was, uh, he was talking about tele- telemetry, right? And so like he, in hospitals, they would put everyone on um, telemetry and they would just connect everyone up. And, and then eventually when they actually need to connect someone to, to the monitor, they don't have any more monitors to connect people to. And it's like, right. so, so people would, they just, they would just forget that they're even, they've already hooked someone up to, to a monitor. And then he was like, okay, we need to set basic markers in front of like, patients doors to say like okay this person is on a monitor and so let's let's see like do, do they actually even need it yeah. and then doctors started walking down the halls and they're like wait this patient doesn't even need it why do we even have them hooked up and so just by looking at in the hallways they were like able to determine that they didn't they didn't need things and they um started taking people off and so that cut down costs right Pe- yeah. people that didn't need it unnecessary monitoring and and i think all these things that are going to become efficiencies that cut down but I mean, this is the hospital example, right? And it's the same thing, I think, for applications where, like, there's some there's some schools, right? Like, and I'm sure we're doing a lot of research on schools. Like, some schools are, like, very nice websites. Like, everything yeah. is, like, super detailed and, like, Yo. organized. And then some schools, you're just, like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's not it's not necessarily the ones you might expect. Either, yeah, yeah. That's what I've noticed. You, you might think some of the more prestigious, yeah. like, technologically focused schools... Would have like a really nice website right? and stuff, but yeah. sometimes, sometimes it's it's kind of it's almost like kind of concerning. Yeah. Like when I when I get on a website, and I'm like, okay, does this like program have their stuff together? Yeah. Or when you get secondaries that have typos in them. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We're not gonna mention names. We're but... not gonna name names, <laughs> but you know, yeah. if you like outright misspell something in your in your secondary, I'm like, uh, yo. <laughs> uh, I say that and I've probably misspelled something yeah. in my essays and they'll call me out on that. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, they have their, their, their things, but it's interesting you bring up like the, um, 
like websites and, and like the the putting themselves out there like i think in these i mean with like social media and things like that coming you know becoming more like popular and stuff yeah it's interesting because i think schools are going to start putting themselves out more on yeah. like platforms like this right and so it's like if you don't make your website better if you don't in like improve your like presence online it's like yeah you might be prestigious in all these different things but like no one's gonna know about it right and yeah. i think there's like a change in focus with that too where like people are realizing like hey we got to do this or we're gonna fall behind the curb yeah um but oh yeah like with tour videos yeah oh why my god can't, why can't y'all put out tour videos yeah and we want to see your medical school. yeah yeah we were talking about this actually uh tyler had the idea that we literally you know go out to medical schools and um just do like literally like yeah from the student perspective talking to people doing like a tour of the facilities whatever but but again talking to people majority wise um like how is this something that has not been done yeah of course like some schools have done it but it's like the production quality isn't necessarily the best yeah. you know, it's just like i don't know it, it's like sometimes very generic um yeah. but yeah know. exactly i'd say there's uh, of the of the schools i'm applying to there may be two with high quality tour videos yeah and yeah like honestly two yeah and most of them there are no tour videos yeah and there are some that you know just have just low quality yeah no i'm not talking like camera stuff yeah. necessarily they just weren't thought out they weren't yeah thorough. um and I, like I just really want to see these schools, and there's literally no way exactly to see it. And yeah. right now with the pandemic, like it's oh, you literally can't. You, I mean, yeah. you can't go and schedule a tour. Yeah. And even this next year, like it's interesting because now that we, I guess, are in a safer place to have like in-person interviews, yeah. schools are still not wanting to do it because I guess they realize how much easier it is to do it virtually. Yeah. And I mean, maybe even next year they're gonna do the same thing because it's way more easier. And so like again people aren't going to be going into campus to look at stuff as much because the process is all online. Like, like my perspective is like, yeah, it'd be cool to go see a school, but I'm not going to drop like $500 to go oh, see yeah. a school that I might not even get into. Yeah. Like I would wait until I get in there and then see it. And videos like that help and schools have money, you know, like I feel like they do. Maybe, yeah. maybe I'm wrong, but if like you have money to put into a lot of things, like a video cost, yeah, I don't know how much it would cost, but like a, a decent quality one, I think you would get for like a thousand dollars or something. Yeah. And it would help thousands and tens well, of thousands of people. We're making videos. We're broke. Yeah, exactly. You just need, yeah, like we got three cameras set up right here. Um, but yeah, I get, it's interesting too, because like sometimes some schools, like the best ambassadors are the students themselves. You yeah. know, and it's there's so many students now that are making videos and yeah. like social media, whatever, about their school. And lots of the schools that I'm applying to, or or some of them, like I've reached out to students at those schools that have put themselves online, right, um, for advice and stuff. So that's also a cool thing that I, I think we're seeing a lot of. So I don't know. Yeah, you've had a, a couple of them on the on the Medspectrum. Yeah, podcast. I have. Yeah, yeah, some people that I look up to, and uh, some some people. So it's it's been it's been cool. Um, it's definitely something I want to try in in med school. So, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, maybe I will too. Yeah, that's, I, I, I've literally, literally been telling you, man. You you would kill it. You literally would kill it. Need, need to work on need to work on my photography skills. Yeah, maybe, maybe a little bit. Yeah. Um, do you know any schools that are doing in person interviews? So I don't, and and almost like none of the ones I've looked at have said that they're doing in person. Like it seems all virtual. Yeah. Um, but I was talking to Mr. Essman. You know the the host of the All Access um, Med School. All Access Med School Admissions. Yes. The, um, from Case Western. From Case Western, Western right. And you, and you told me about that and connected me with him and, and we had him on the podcast and he was a great guy. And I talked to him, I asked him that ex exact question and he was like, you know, like, interviews are very important and we realized we've gotten a lot out of just doing virtual interviews and the fact that people are able to attend them more easily and people that might be like financially um, uh, disadvantaged can easily you know just yeah. fall into an interview and you get basically the same stuff out of it so I mean from his perspective what he said was like the most likely not like people aren't gonna do it and he was thinking about the future too like maybe in the future too we're not even gonna do them because yeah. it's not necessarily needed so yeah I remember him saying that um, I also heard someone someone else I can't remember exactly what school it was mm -hmm. but another another 
research institution said that they just didn't think they were ever going to yeah. go back after yeah. this. I did talk to um, someone from the MSTP program at Chapel mm, Hill, okay. at UNC Chapel Hill, and mm. they said they were planning. This is a, a couple months ago, and, yeah. and I think the attitude towards in-person interviews might have changed a bit. Right, and MSTP is the like the physician research, like MD, PhD. Exactly, program, right? yeah. exactly, yeah. It's like an eight-year program, and it's fully funded, right. so... There's a little more of an excuse to meet you in person. Yeah, exactly. I have to spend eight years with you and, yeah, to pay, and for you. pay you. Yeah. Um, I'm not applying to that, but I was I was talking to someone yeah. um, in that program, and, and she told me that they were planning on doing in-person ones. Yeah. But other than that, it seems like everyone's going to be virtual. Yeah. I'm interested because Kaiser Permanente has MMI rooms. I noticed oh, on their, yeah, they do. On on their the video excellent show. tour yes. video. Oh my god! What are they going to use those? For? I I'll t- Kaiser, like I will say, is one of my dream schools. Like in terms yeah. of like focus and like you said, the video and like the, the campus is beautiful, right? Like we're oh talking about gosh. this. It's it's gorgeous. It's like it's one of the like very recently built too. Which um, what they we would be their second class if yeah. um, if we were to to matriculate. Um, but. Yeah, it's just such a beautiful place, and I don't know why I just why I cut you off, but I just wanted to say no, that. No, man, it's, it's, it's so great. It's, it's such a great school. It seems like a, a really good, it seems like a great school for people who want to get, who are involved in, like, social media, and, yeah. and want to be kind of at the forefront uh, of the public eye and stuff. It seems yeah. like Kaiser has built, like, a robust infrastructure for people who want to be you know, sort of ambassadors between right. physicians and, and the public. And right. I think you'd be awesome at that. Because yeah, that's what we're doing right now, is bringing are. medicine to the people. We are, and I mean, in this last year, and, and you've probably seen this too, is like, there's so many doctors out there on social media now, right? Yeah. It's like, it's like awesome. it's an insane amount of people actually, where like, there are people talking about their journeys, talking about COVID information, and... I've just been like super, super fascinated by this. Like it's like where, you know, the um, mainstream media might have failed in, in COVID education or spreading information about that. It seems like like individual doctors, individual nurses, individual people in this respective fields have filled that gap best that they could. And it's like question like what really is the role of a healthcare professional? You know, yeah. is it to just provide care? Or is it also to serve as like a ambassador of wellness? You yeah, know? it's like a it's like an evolving role. I wellness ambassador. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I don't know. I like that. You know, especially on the primary care front. Yes, know, exactly. Medicine is you know we obviously need more primary care mm-hmm. physicians. Um, and there's just not enough people going into that, and you know instead of I don't know maybe there's a there's a special place in primary care medicine for yeah. people who are interested in really connecting their community to wellness, you know, yeah. um, especially in, with all the misinformation that's going around, exactly. you know, a, a reliable family physician that can sort of squash the mess and, and give back to their community that way. Exactly. Exactly. And I've been fascinated by this, uh, idea of like the, and like, you know, the availability heuristic, right? Like you, yeah. you depend on what you see yeah. to get your information. Yeah. And I don't think there's any better time to think about that than the pandemic, right? Like the people that take it seriously um, or the people that don't, you know, tend to be the people that didn't necessarily lose someone to it or see someone very affected by it mm-hmm. while like vice versa is true. Um, and it's, it's interesting because like these stories and, and we, this kind of ties back to the application too, right? Like why you want to write about stories but not just tell because of that idea of connection, right? You connect to a story, not to a statement. Yeah. And it seems like that simple concept is so true in like life and in medicine in particular, because like if you want someone to take a treatment or go through the treatment, you need to instill within them why it affects them particularly. Right. And the best way you can do that is tell a story about an example of someone or or um, yeah, someone in a very similar situation as them that have gone through something like that. Um, and the reason I bring this up is because social media has been able to do that for people, right? While in mainstream media, you mostly focus on like your big picture, like what are the CDC guidelines? What are the num- case numbers? Yeah. What are these kind of things? Social media is where you can go and like tell stories about like, oh, a physician um, 
watched a, like a patient pass away, right? Or like, or, or was unable to, to save right. save a patient, or um, like a nurse talking about how traumatic it is to intubate a patient that is right. having trouble breathing, yeah. uh, like these things that you know you know, don't necessarily see in, in these stories that I think affect you more deeply than like a um, than just I guess statements. And social media enables people to do that, which is really cool. But absolutely, I totally agree. Storytelling is, is a big part of medicine. I think that's yeah. becoming a, a main theme. Yeah. I took a class that was basically like storytelling. Really? Medicine. Yeah. Oh. It's just a literature class. Um, but it was basically just writing and reading medical stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, uh, you, you and I are researchers. Yeah. Um, and we've sort of trained our brains to, to think numbers yeah. and percentages and yeah. fractions and just, you know, a plus B equals yeah. C, C kind of thinking. But like as humans, we're, we're storytellers. Yeah, We've exactly. been passing down stories for you know, tens of thousands of years. Um, and I think that's the way that you know, people who like us who have trained our brains to be kind of more pragmatic, and mm-hmm. it's difficult for me to tell stories. I yeah. want to, like when writing secondaries, I want to go, on July 17th, I did this. Yeah. <laughs> July 18th, yeah. I did this. This is how it affected me, right. and I'm done here. Yeah, and so that's the thing. Like when I read your secondaries, I'm like, I can see Tyler in this, but I know that someone that doesn't know Tyler wouldn't think, you know, this is necessarily like yeah. a, like I, I wouldn't know the truth. Like I wouldn't know what to base my understanding of that right. off of. But like I know, like since I know you and the things that you've done, I read these statements with like such a different level of power. I'm like, I can see him like literally saying this thing yeah. and and that's the annoying part right like it's like you don't get to know them and so you're just so dependent uh, or we're all dependent on these like stories to do that um yeah. which is difficult this to is get. this has got to be a lesson for everybody is, yeah. it, is it's like you want to get across who you are mm-hmm. and it's the exact same thing reading yours mm-hmm. you know like I, I read something in yours and i'm like i'm like because i know or yeah. i know that like this is this is totally genuine this yeah, is totally exactly you know, it's not you know, he's, he's not being arrogant at all. This yeah. is genuine, uh, genuinely how he feels. But I think of it as like, if I'm reading this and I don't, um, I can see it a little bit exactly, in a different way. Exactly. I mean, I, I, I basically, I love medicine and I poured my heart out in yeah. my personal statement. Yeah. But if you don't know me, I could definitely yeah. see, even though I've submitted now, like I could definitely see someone thinking it's, you know, it's less than, less than genuine. But hey, all you can do is be honest, right? Yeah, honestly. And, and, that's the thing with like with interviews that that's so I think valuable is like if you can get your foot in the door in an interview, it's like you now have a chance to convey that right. And yeah. and, and, and we were talking and and um, it's cool that you get to do a virtual interview now, right? Because you're now in the comfort of your own home, yeah. and so you have control over your background. You can put like and, and I think you were mentioning you're gonna put like some some posters up or, or different. Yeah, things. I mean I've got medical posters yeah. all over my room anyway, but I don't know. Yeah, maybe show them. An extra medical poster, exactly. so they know what I'm interested. Yeah, in. exactly. To show them like uh, the, the true interest. So, I mean, that's your opportunity, I guess, to really convey yourself a lot better. <laughs> yeah, but. that's really funny. <clears throat> Hope they don't think that I like bought them for that. that oh really yeah, <laughs> like get a little this guy. I was, uh, I was, uh, I was actually taking my headshot for the for the Columbia uh, secondary yesterday, and I was like. I was like, I'd really like to wear a stethoscope, you know, <laughs> show off my, show my passion a little bit. Oh, I was advised against it, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I you know. know. I really like medicine, so why yeah. not? Why not go full out medical? You know? Yeah, that's exactly true. And I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting process, right? We're seeing people like, the age of people getting to medicine is increasing, right? Yeah. But at the same time, it's like people are becoming passionate about medicine at a younger age. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think so, so. I was talking to, I was actually talking to someone the other day who, um, he reached out, he was like, hey, I'm trying to start my own podcast about neuroscience, right? I was, like, I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, I like it. Yeah, and he was like, he was like, you want to talk? Like, I mean, can you talk, give me some advice? And I was like, sure, whatever. And I went to his page and I saw like a graduation. So I was like, oh, we just graduated high school. That's so cool. Um, I'm glad that he's picking up something early, right? And then, and then I, I talked to him and he was graduating eighth grade actually oh he was going into ninth grade and i was like yo he was graduating middle school he was graduating middle school 
He has a middle school graduation date? I guess so. <laughs> I, I didn't, personally, but I guess he did. But he was graduating middle school, and he had this, like, I guess, dying passion for neuroscience already at such a young age. Is an eighth grader with yeah, a neuroscience podcast? Exactly. Well, he, didn't, he was starting it, so he was asking for some advice, but oh, he had already gosh. had, like, an interview with a neuroscientist, like, lined up. He was like, yeah, I'm, like, ta- like I have, next week I'm pla- like, I have this on, um, like, a schedule with this meeting with him, and I was like... Hey yo, like when I was eighth grade, like I was like playing Minecraft on my computer, like just oh, getting dude, dude. I was I was just fishing. Yeah, I didn't care about anything else. Exactly. <laughs> it's like at the same time, it's like it's good, right? It's good people are getting passionate early. Yeah. Um, and it's like it's like interesting because it's it's good that people are getting passionate early. Um, and and I think about like why is it like why are people getting so much passionate earlier? Yeah. And I feel like it is tying to the social media aspect, right? Like people are seeing I stuff. Totally agree. Right, like when I was that age, I didn't have like exposure to medicine, but now like people are on social media very early, and there's just so many people pumping information out about what they're doing. Yeah. Um, like I'm really fascinated by people like that. Like there's this neurosurgeon I'm um, following. He'll literally post his cases um, on on Instagram, like just like pictures and stuff and like he'll play like he'll play it's, it's funny because he has like some hip-hop like song playing over it so like you you hear like a dr dre song like he's like cussing profan- profanity like profanely in the background while you're like trying to look at this brain brain scan it's, it's just funny but it's it's like you're, there's so much like accessibility to medicine now where like people are getting really interested earlier yeah. and and the reason i bring that up is because like it's kind of annoying for people like us that have been passionate about medicine pretty early on to yeah. have to go through four years of undergrad and then only start medical school and which which it, it's like yeah we understand that if that's the process but it's like why can't you do it earlier right why can't you matriculate to medical school at like 20 like what do you think about that yeah i mean i, I when i was in when i was in high school mm-hmm. i was very close to just moving to the uk mm-hmm. and uh because that's where my family's from yeah and and just getting at it you yeah. know because I, I, I wanted to be a doctor. I wasn't interested in anything I was learning yeah. in school. And so I agree. But at the same time, and I, I do know a good number of British medical students and things, there's a, there's a certain level of emotional mm-hmm. ma- maturity that's yeah. needed, that's absolutely required for medicine. Yeah, definitely. And I'm not sure that when I was a senior in high school, I had that. Yeah. You know? And I, also, especially if, if you're trying to be an academic scientist, like nothing compares to having a four-year science education. Yeah. Like, I mean, gosh, I feel like I've learned so much mm-hmm. in, in undergrad. Like, the science I had in high school just That's true. would not be enough for medical school. Yeah. You know, in the UK, it's a little bit longer. It's five years normally, but yeah. still, yeah. Um, I, I agree that, like, I definitely wish I could have had a little more of a jump start on it, yeah. but... The maturity thing. Like, yeah. Would we be ready in high school? That's a good point. I wouldn't have been. Yeah. Sure. And I, I, I'm curious, is there like any kind of like scientific study or something comparing US doctors to maybe like UK doctors in like an emotional readiness state, mm. you know? Like maybe a medical med, like a third year med student in like a British med school. And, yeah. Because like, of course, your first two years, I feel like you're going to be pretty like because you're right out of high school. Yeah. Um, but maybe by your third year, you've developed like maybe a, um, some like emotional intelligence because you've been around this stuff for a while. Yeah. But you compare a third year medical student in the UK and in the US, like how, how do they differ, right? Yeah. Because there would be an age difference for sure, but yeah. is there like an emotional difference? Are they like, is there cap- capability difference? I don't know. I think that would be an interesting thing to say. Yeah. I'll, I wonder if someone's done it. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I mean, the British medical students I know are, are mature. Yeah. In, in general, um, you know, I've definitely definitely met med students in both groups that, you know, maybe aren't. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, but, um, but yeah, no, I I would like to see that. I would like to see that study. I mean, there is just definitely an age difference. Yeah. Um, there also doctoring is different. In the two countries, I think. What do you mean? I mean, like, like being a physician is a very different thing. So, I don't know. Yeah. It, I mean, I think here also they're they're making a lot of programs like for primary care. Like it's like a three year med school program instead yeah. of like four years. Some some schools are doing like an accelerated thing, which I think is also cool. Um, 
because it, it, there, there is a huge shortage and that, I mean, if they can get more primary care doctors out there quicker, I mean, that's great, you know, so. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I think, I think there's a lot being done there too, so. Yeah, our, our mutual uh, undergrad institution, one of the best primary care yeah. producers. Yeah. Got to love ECU. Yeah, Brody School of Medicine. <laughs> yeah, their secondaries are, they're okay. They're a little, a little aggravated. They're nice. Are you, okay, here's, here's a secondary question. Mm-hmm. Do you prefer the really long ones or the really short ones? Like when you get a word limit, is it 1,000 words or 250? What I've learned from this application process is that I'll find a way to complain regardless. <laughs> like I will, I'll, like that's the thing, like I complain about this stuff on the daily to anyone I talk about, <laughs> I talk to. And um, I don't know, it just, when it's a short essay, I'm like, dang, I wish I had some more characters to write about, you know, to elaborate on stuff. Yeah. When it's long, I'm like, oh my God, I got to write a lot of stuff. <laughs> and then it's like, I, I just can't find like a happy, I, like I don't like either, I guess. I yeah. mean, um, in the middle is nice. Yeah, in the middle is nice. Um, I, I, it's interesting. Like, what if there was no word count? No word count? <laughs> oh, what, what, just what? unlimited? Yeah. There, are, I've seen a couple of COVID essays. Yeah, that are like that, which is good. I mean, I think I think uh, I'm not sure who I heard say this. It was some admissions person said like the word counts are there because if we don't put one, you'll never stop. That's the thing, right? And I yeah. feel like some people will just write like <laughs> a couple pages. So, so when I see like a 500 word count mm-hmm. and I feel like I can get my message across in 250, mm-hmm. there's a little bit of a voice that says like, you, you need to write more. Like yeah, you can tell right? more, yeah. but at the same time, if I've got my message across, maybe yeah. I should just stop. Yeah. Saves them time. They appreciate it. Yeah. I don't want to waste their time. Yeah. I'm definitely not going to put in something just to fill up a word count. Yeah. You know, I, I just want to fill it with good information. Yeah. At the same time, you don't want to have three sentences. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I want to be a doctor. Please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just believe me. Yeah. Believe me. Believe me. We, we've wanted this for so long. Everyone that ever yeah. has met us knows how much we want it. Yeah. Come on. Let's go. Yeah. Let's do this thing. It sucks. It just sucks. It's like, <laughs> why do you want to be a doctor? Well, I want to help people, but I can't tell you that, can I? Like, <laughs> I like science, but you don't want to know that, right? <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's obvious. Yeah, it really is. But you can't tell them that. <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah, it's been a good couple couple weeks. Um, I'm excited to be done with it. Yeah. yeah so what's what's next for you? What's next for me? You've, well, you've got a couple secondaries you're working on. Yeah. Um, and I find every way I can to procrastinate. Um, but what I've heard and. Um, is you want to submit your secondary within two weeks of receiving it, right? Like to be safe. Some I'm schools conscious. like, some schools like are very strict about it. Like they're like, yeah, we write, we want you to submit it within two weeks. I think, really? I think it was Case. Case Western explicitly said like, um, do your best to submit within two weeks, Interesting. or your chances will be like, like for you, for your best, like for the best chances of getting an interview, please submit your secondary within two weeks. I they see. said that like exactly in the interesting and the thing, which I appreciated. Like they were very explicit with it, but yeah. some schools don't say it. Um, interesting. Um, so as like a safety precaution, like I'm doing the two week thing, like to show mm-hmm. that like I'm at least care about the schools. Um, but I think that's another thing to research is like research how much work a, a school secondary application is yeah. before you apply there. Like Virginia Tech, for example, right? It's a very small school. It's like, what, 50 seats? Something like that? Yeah. Right? And there are four essay prompts or five essay prompts of like 500 words each, um, some of which are particular to the school itself. And so like if you're not, if you don't actually vibe with the school that much or you're not like super passionate about it, don't apply. You know, you're, you're better off paying that money to apply to a school that you have time to complete yeah. well. And, um, and so it's, you got to think about that as an aspect of your of your application too is like you need to follow through with it too in the secondary sense yeah absolutely so some of the med schools have really just surprised me yeah they changed up yeah i mean secondaries are a full-time job yeah like if you're if you're applying to the average number of schools you know 70 to 24 schools um then that that if you're doing that in two weeks Mm. that's full-time yeah i think if you're gonna write well, maybe you're a much better writer than I am, and yeah. you can just do it quicker. Yeah. But for me, that's like 
a full-time job yeah and pre even pre-writing i've just been booked yeah i didn't pre-write at all man like i told myself i would as soon as i turned in that second that primary i was out for like three weeks <laughs> until this uh these secondaries came in but it's all right we'll get through it um we just gotta complain while we're doing it you know and just yeah, uh, just <laughs> just just to each other yeah yeah try, to, try to bother as little people as possible yeah but at the same time you know what if, if, we're, if we're gonna complain about it we can also mention that like the secondaries do make us reflect yeah on oh, our yeah. lives and our experiences and it is kind of enriching yeah kind of the same thing with the MCAT right it's obviously like an ex- like a brutal experience yeah. studying for the MCAT you know yeah. uh, especially if you don't have that much time but at the same time you learn so much exactly about the world yeah about you know no, the MCAT, I feel like, was the biggest test, like, academic test of my life, right? Like, in, yeah. in the sense where, like, I had to push, you know, a lot of times where you don't, some people don't try way too much in class, you know, can cram the day, night before and be decently fine, or a couple days into it, and uh, sometimes I was that student, right? I would just cram a couple days before, and things would work out relatively well. Yeah. The MCAT, you can't do that, right? No. You can't procrastinate. You cannot, or else you're not going to do well. Period. You need months. You need months, right? And so it's like, you have no other option. And so you got to really dig down, like, okay, do I want this? Do I really want this? Like, yeah. am I willing to throw everything else away and just sit down? And, and um, Tyler, I don't know if you want to talk about this, but you want you want to talk about what you did to study? Like, you were, you... I, I mean, I'll, yeah, I went, um, I went... And basically to a cabin in, in West Virginia. Yeah. You and just to... locked myself yeah. in for, for two months. Yeah. Um, which is not enough time to study for the MCAT. Yeah. Like you should, like, I, I did I did fine, but... Um, the mental state. <laughs> don't do two months. You need yeah. more than that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, spread it out a little more. That's just the only thing I could do between yeah. my other obligations. I had a two-month break where I could study yeah. for it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I missed... You know, I missed hanging out. I missed some birthdays. I missed, yeah. uh, you know, I missed Thanksgiving. And, and, well, I couldn't really see my family anyway because they're, you know, they're kind of spread out and there's yeah. a pandemic. But, yeah, I mean, I spent uh, I spent Christmas and Thanksgiving just, like, in a yeah. MCAT book, you know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, it's an intense experience. It is. But, yeah. like, the point, point is, like... Yeah. It makes you contemplate how much you want. The MCAT's really hard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the MCAT is really important. <laughs> the MCAT is hard. The MCAT is really important. So what's the what's the guy say? The MCAT matters- is hard and the MCAT is important. And to do well on this exam, it matters not how much you prep. But also not- how you prep. Oh man, I can't believe I forgot. Yeah, how could we? I've heard that guy's voice so many times. I finally figured yeah. out how to block the ad. But, how? Um, yeah, you you don't know how? No, okay, oh this will be valuable information. Yeah, I'll show you later. Okay, I'll show you later. I would just Google it. Yeah, but gosh, I heard that one ad. If yeah. you're studying for the MCAT, for some reason you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, but that that one ad, that one test prep ad. <laughs> I kind of love them. I kind of love them. I could could not escape every yeah. other YouTube video I yeah. watched for two months. I just heard that until I figured awesome. out how to block the video. Oh my gosh. Yeah, man. Well. I can't believe we're here, man. Like, it feels just like yesterday when we were, uh, it was like study hall or something, right? Yeah. I asked you a physics question. Uh, and you're like, I don't know. I, I like, still remember the yeah. physics question. Oh, really? Yeah, it was a, it was like a calculus-based gravity question. Okay. Yeah. For, from physics. No, but you're like, nope. I didn't oh, know it. Darn, okay. <laughs> uh, but here we are now. You know, done with all that stuff. Done with the MCAT. MCAT's Applying. done. Primary's done, personal statement's done. Yeah. Just one last step. Yeah. Well, two two steps left. Yeah. We got secondaries, interview. It's like we're always working for something. It's it's interesting though. Like you, you get you get the next thing and you're like, what's the next thing you gotta do? What's the next thing? You know, but it's it's satisfying too. Like I can't say that I hate this process because like you said, it's reflection and reflection is always important. Yeah. But yeah, we'll see, man. Yeah, it's definitely made me realize, like, some sometimes, I think a lot of pre-meds, we do, like, this This has been talked about so much, the mm-hmm. whole imposter syndrome thing. Yeah. But, um, you know, I was talking to a friend, and they were like, what's, it was like, talk about your greatest accomplishment. Mm-hmm. And my, my knee-jerk reaction was like, I haven't done anything. Yeah. And then they were, they were like, no, you did, you did this. Yes, yeah. You know, you, you, you let a, 
pre-med club, you've yeah. done research, you know, you've got a, a host of accomplishments too, and it's like, wow, by reflecting on these yeah. things, on, on talking about our experiences, you got to get to realize, yeah. hey, we put in some work. Yeah, exactly. Oh, we got some work. We, 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 did, we really put in some yeah. work. We did good things. We made positive changes in our yeah. community, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's kind of its, I mean, that's totally its own reward. That's yeah. as rewarding as exactly, the whole process. Right. I definitely agree, man. Um, it's definitely a big learning, learning process, and good time to reflect before the next stage of life or next not life, but like well, I guess yeah, next stage of life, next stage of education. Yeah. You know. Before the admissions committees decide where in the world we're gonna go. Yeah. Who knows? I was uh, there was this doctor I was talking about. We we probably been talking for a long time, so we'll close out in a bit. But um, he was talking about how he when he was in medical school back in was a while ago maybe like the 70s or 80s I think mm-hmm. um, he and his friends lived together like eight friends lived together in this big house all medical students and they would do like med school trivia nights to study for the exam imagine yeah. how much fun that would be oh gosh I'm gonna do that I wanna do that dude. Wherever, wherever we go to med school yeah Absolutely. yeah I, I think that would be so much fun and that's what I'm I think most excited about in medical school is being surrounded by people that are like so yeah like are doing the exact same um, schooling as you, but have such different like goals in life, you know, in the same in the same realm of medicine. So, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be fun. Yeah, I can just imagine us listening to this like in medical school, like, oh my god, this guy, shut up! Like, it's not that great. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it definitely seems like medical school has a way of of hardening yeah. medical students, and but I mean like. It, Medicine is, is interesting. Yeah. It is, you get to learn, I mean, we're the lifelong learners. We want to understand the world, mm-hmm. see the world in a clear way, mm-hmm. um, and that'll never get old. Yeah, for sure. Might, you know, lose sleep, but yeah. it'll never get old. It'll never get old. Just keep learning, man. Keep learning. Um, but yeah, we'll wrap up the episode. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed. This is kind of just completely unscripted, really. We just yeah. started talking, and... I think we covered a lot of different stuff so hopefully this was interesting um found that, that you got something out of it but again thank you so much for listening yep this is what it's like to be a pre-med applying yeah thank you for listening uh, yeah. to us talk thank you i'll see you next week i hope you enjoyed listening to our conversation and thank you so much for listening if you love Metspectives, be sure to follow us on spotify Drop us a review on Apple Podcasts and share this podcast with your friends. It really helps us grow and I'd really appreciate it. Thank you so much and I'll see you next Monday.